Bradshaw and the Steel Curtain to Roethlisberger and Blitzberg. We are always talking black and gold on SNR. Well, we started this process about three or so weeks ago with our special training camp report shows uh, surrounding the beginning of Steelers training camp and with training camp at Heinz Field. Uh, basically coming to a close today was the last day for the fans that they are able to attend and watch. Um, this is our last training camp report show of the preseason and what better way to wrap it up with, uh, myself, Jerry Dulek and my friend, the coach Tom Bradley back together again, coach. Nice to be with you. We're at the North shore tavern right across from PNC park. We are here until 8 PM. And, um, I think they saved the best for last. I think so. You're very looking very sharp today. Very color coordinated. Everything. Thank you. I thought perfectly. you might like this it's really animal little look uh, it's going very on sharp today. I was going to wear khakis like you, but uh, the, to offset the blue. But thanks. At least I had a white hat on. Unlike the blue one you're continuing to wear, <laughs> which it has some TB uh, insignia it's, on top. It's, it's a nice little logo. Amazing where you got logo. that Tom Brady hat. No, it's, not. it's not Tom Brady. I'll make sure you get one. I see you're sporting the Oakmont logo, though, on your I shirt. wanted to do that to let you know that because I know how you like to golf. And, That's right. That's uh, no, right. I did not play Oakmont today. No, but but, but you, I did get a free shirt. But you do like to dine up there. For yes, I do. Yes, there's some nice establishments there. They sure do. So um, uh, good to see you. Always good to be with you. We will be uh, together uh, during the season, Monday nights, along with Tim Benz. We're going to have a little three-man broadcast team. And uh, congrats to my friend Tim Benz, who just won some national award for a piece that he did. Well-deserved, well-deserved. Yep, yep. And so we'll be together every Monday night during the season, beginning with the week, the Monday after the first game, September 12th, uh, in Buffalo. And the Steelers, their only home preseason game uh, of the summer is Saturday, 7.30, against the Detroit Lions. We're going to see Ben Roethlisberger, which is the typical um, blueprint that the Steelers have followed for years. Um Ben does not play the first two preseason games. Neither do some of the other uh, uh, veteran quote stars. Uh, Cam Hayward hasn't played in the past. Our former Tuesday night broadcast partner, Antonio Brown, didn't play the first two games. Um, but Ben typically just plays. This is the only game he will play. He'll play a couple series. I don't know how many, but uh, I don't think any more than the first half. Well, he won't even play until halftime. And, uh, though, you know, is I, I'm of the contention coach. He doesn't have to play. He doesn't need to play in the preseason. And but but in this instance, maybe with a new coordinator, new terminology, three rookie regulars, if you will, two starters, the snapper, Kendrick, uh, Kendrick Green, his top running back, Najee Harris, and even the tight end, Pat Frymuth. Maybe it's good to get a couple series with them. And most importantly, a new coordinator with a different system and different terminology. I would agree with you. I think he just wants to get in there for a little bit, just get a feel with everybody, get in the huddle with the guys, okay, and get it going and, and, and get it. He knows he's got it, what he has to do. And I think you're looking at maybe a quarter and a half at the most. And he's just right. going to go through and get a good feel for everybody and the communication, the snapping, and all the different things they got to go through. Uh, but any more than that, I, I don't see it. And I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I, I don't, I know. A lot of coaches don't like to play any of those guys at all right. in preseason, and and I'm sure maybe it's one, maybe it might be Ben's preference. He likes to get in there for a little bit just to, you know, especially with what you said the the new personnel. The other thing too, coach, is training camp or this period from when they reported to when they played is so long. It's so much longer than than normal because now after that last preseason game next 
Friday in Carolina. They got 16 days before they play the next game. And they played one more preseason game than everybody because of the Hall of Fame game. So they've been in their, quote, training camp a long time. They've had plenty of practice, plenty of reps. That's the other reason why I don't think he needs to play. Now, he likes to play. I mean, but that he would be the other like argument yes, for him like not to playing. Play. Plenty of time. Exactly. He likes to play. He does like to play. Yeah. So I, I think because of that, it's almost to the point, though, too. I mean, the coaches, they have to be careful. That's a long time in training. Well, it's so fine for the young guys that they're trying to evaluate, you know, the guys you got to make decisions on. Uh, but for the veterans, those veterans are sitting there going, ha-ha, let's just start. Let's get out. Of course, that's the way I always feel, Coach, too. After one preseason game, I've seen enough. I'm like, let's just get to the regular You know, it's interesting being a college coach for so long. There are no preseason games in college. Right. You know, you go through camp well, that's and what you, you just start playing. Do. You just go play and you start. So, you know, you, you don't have that opportunity. So, you know, how big a deal is it they, that he plays in the preseason? Hey, you know, no college guys have preseason, no quarterbacks, and they go and and Ben's been through college, and he knows, you know, just getting get ready to go, and they all count. Aaron Rodgers hasn't played a preseason game since 2018. He's not going to play again this year. Now, Tom Brady took the opening series last week in the first preseason game for Tampa Bay. How about that? He's 44 years old last time I checked, but he played one series, and they got him out of there. And, you know, maybe he'll play another one. Maybe he won't. Uh, I looked this up today. Peyton Manning played in the preseason toward the end of his career. Drew Brees. Is older, 40s, played in the preseason just a little bit later in his career. And here's Ben. He's, he's played uh, every year. But but I asked Mike Tomlin about that today. And he said, you know, if if he were in the same system as in the past, which this is his fifth coordinator, but this is the first time the system has changed, the terminology, terminology has changed. He said if he were in the same system, he might not play him. But he just wants to get him comfortable with Matt Canada, the communication, you know, that you have in a normal game. So I get it. I get it. But so let me but let me give you this point to your point about no preseason. Right. Just like college. If you don't play, well, there was no preseason last year. And because of COVID, Ben got off to a pretty good start, coach. You know, so he's coming off elbow surgery. Right. right. So he has no preseason. So there's big questions. How's he going to be? His first five games, no preseason, coming off elbow surgery, 11 touchdowns and one pick, his first five games. Uh, they started 11-0, 25 touchdowns and six interceptions. Doesn't sound to me like he needed any preseason warm-up. <laughs> he didn't. Right? right? I'm gonna no, throw. he was really sharp last year coming right out of the gate. Yes, I mean, he was. I mean, Especially the first game, three touchdowns yeah. and no picks. I mean, you, you know, with those stats, and I, I, you know, I knew they were great. I didn't realize he only had thrown the one pick – I knew there wasn't very many, um, but heck. Um, well, that's what I'm here on. for, Coach. Yeah. Put, I, I throw those stats in front of me, and you're, and you're here to, like, say, the stats don't mean <laughs> <laughs> who, so, said, who said that there's uh, lies, damn lies, and statistics? Statistics, yes, that's yes, exactly right. right. I, um, I think that was yeah, Teddy Roosevelt. I think that. that's who it was. Um, Just testing you to see. I, 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 you, were, you weren't quite living back then. But I, no, I wasn't, but okay. I read about the guy. Read I read about him, uh, the okay. guy in, in uh, high school and, and even college. Um, so, obviously, the minute something would happen that he would get hurt, if he would get hurt, and they're not going to subject him to that. He's not going to stand back in the pocket. Although, I thought that last – uh, in the past, and I see him drop back and stand there, whereas I would think they'd say, look, drop back three steps, get rid of the ball, and that's it. They're not going to subject him to a whole lot in this game. He is 39 after all. 
they're, they're not. But the one thing about him, he's such a competitor. That's right. That you, he's going to want to complete every pass. He's going and you know he's going to hang in there as long in that pocket as long as he can. He's not one of those guys that, that he wants to win. You know, yeah. even in preseason. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. You know, Coach, they were giving him some extended reps this week. Um. Not exactly sure why. It's not like they have to prepare him for the game, even though that's what they said. But they gave him a, a lot of reps yesterday. And you know what? He did everything. We see more of the offense in practice, not surprisingly, than you would in a preseason game. And he did everything. He was doing half rolls. He did sprint outs. They said he looked like Baker Mayfield. Completing passes, uh, zipping them downfield, deep passes, 20 yards over the middle. Everything he needed to do or they want him to do or they're going to ask him to do, he did it, and he did it easily, comfortably, and very well. And he looked really good doing it. Okay, I know it's practice, and you don't have a 300-pound guy chasing you down who wants to take your head off. But in terms of being asked to do everything, play action, under center, in the shotgun, he's done it all, and he looks very comfortable doing it. And that's the question everybody wants to know. Will we get under center? Can he get under center? And the answer to that is yes. Now, we'll see what happens in a regular season, but I have no reason to doubt it's going to change a whole lot. No, I don't think it will at all. I, you know, everybody brings a big thing about under center. Ben's been under center before. He probably got under center about in the sixth grade something. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not as if it's anything new for him to do it. Uh, you know, his whole career he's been able to do it. Uh, obviously, the things have changed over time. You know, they're more in the gun now and doing things. But they're going to get back under center. It's not. We're acting like that's something new and in and ingenious, you know what I mean? But it's been going on in football for a long time. And, and of course, you can the advantage to going under center, you go under center all you want. <clears throat> you don't have a running game. You better, there's no point in going under center. But the whole idea is improve your running game, and that's the objective this year. You know, it involved coaching changes. It involved uh, scheme. It involved technique. And probably most importantly uh, or significantly, it involved personnel. From Najee Harris, he's drafting a new – he had to get a new center when Marquise Pouncey retired. You moved on from Alville in the way, but the, the line is entirely different. Basically, five new players at new positions on the offensive line. They've been fun to watch. Um, the offensive line, I've been very impressed. I, I think the you know the one thing they're doing is really finishing. You watch them downfield, they they got a little nastiness to them. I kind of expected that having worked with Adrian Clem before – he got to the Steelers and with him in college, you know, I know the type of attitude he gets in those guys. And I've really been impressed with um, the, the new center. You know, I, I really liked him. I also thought that the uh, Dan Moore has, has really had a preseason. I, I think he's going to be a really, really big time football player, just watching him develop. Uh, and I think they've got some good players in that offensive line and, you know, how soon they gel. Well, you know, a lot of young guys, you know, coach, a lot of people, well, well, let me go to Dan Moore first. You know, they st- they had him uh, when Chutzkor for was was uh, you know they kept him out with an injury, and they had him at uh, left tackle. Now they've moved him to right tackle. But you could tell one with the way they talk about him, two the way they're using him, the opportunities they're giving him. They like Dan Moore. It's their fourth round uh, a draft pick along with uh, a Buddy Johnson, um, Kendrick Green, of course, their third round pick from the minute they drafted him. Coach, he was their starter, mm-hmm. um, it, despite the fact that. He is not listed as a starter on the depth chart. That doesn't matter. Um, some people thought he had trouble in the you know first right right off the bat. He got he got pushed back uh, on that sack you know yesterday in practice against Tyson Alualu on a couple of drills. He got he got pushed back. He was bull rushed. Um, but they, there's 
there's a lot about him that they've seen that they like, as opposed to not liking for a guy who's transitioning basically to center. Started four games there in college, coach, you know, but the other 27 at guard. Um, but, you know, people say, oh, he's not very tall, he's not very big. Well, first of all, Marquise Pouncey wasn't very heavy. He was 290, 95 pounds. Um, Kendrick Green is about the same weight. He is not as tall. But as I recall, Mike Webster wasn't very tall either. And I don't think you really want tall centers, do you, Coach? No, I, I don't think that's been one of the – most of the good centers I've been around have been in that 6'2", that 2'6'3", range, you know what I mean? I've right. never really seen – I think it's different in the tackle position. We like a little right. taller guy with arm length and all that. Those centers, that's a different that's a different thing going on in there, at all, all that stuff that goes on. Pouncey was obviously a little different. He was more long-armed, you right, know, a little right. bit lighter than a lot of centers, but great athlete. No tremendous skill and, and things of that. Uh, I, I'm really looking for Chooks to have a, a big time uh, year this year. Uh, you know, I remember when we drafted Bill Kenny, a guy that I had worked with, he coached him in college and said, "Hey, you guys are gonna like this guy." And Bill's been right a lot of times on a lot of players, and uh, I think Chooks is gonna have a big, big year. I really do. I yeah, like him. And and um, Kevin Colbert said this a couple of weeks ago, Coach, that um, when they drafted the core four. Um, they thought he was a better tackle, left tackle than right tackle. Uh, but they had Al Villanueva at left tackle, so they used him at right tackle. And last year he was in that training camp battle with Zach Banner. And Kevin Colbert even said that if, if they were in a battle at left tackle, that he believes Chuksakor for would have won that. Not Zach Banner, but of course Zach Banner won the starting job. And he, he played the first three quarters, but then his season ended, uh, you know, after, uh, after those three quarters with an ACL injury. And, and I have thought that maybe all in all, the Chuksakorafor was their most consistent lineman last year. Stepping into that role, I thought he was, I thought he played more than just very solid. Yeah, I thought Chooks, uh, you know, not a, you know, you, when you're in there working with them, you, you know, you just hear what the comments being made. And I think there's a lot of good things. And I think that, uh, as they say, Chooks' hair is definitely pointing up. I mean, I think he's a guy. I think I think people are going to be really surprised with this offensive line. I'm, I think everybody's been worried about it, but I, I really like the makeup here. Uh, just watching the games, the way they're coming off the ball, and, and and have a little attitude. It seems like they just have a little little something about them. They're finishing the play a little bit past the whistle. <laughs> yeah, they're putting they're putting their hand in the ground, coach. You're not drop stepping. They're firing out. You said they're finishing their blocks. Um, and I, I'm with you. I, and my my whole thing is. Give them a chance. They, these guys know what they're doing. You know, the last two years, they're the worst running a game in the NFL. So if you're going to try and prove it, you can't do it with the same line that you have. No, they knew Ponce was going to retire. They did not expect this situation with David DeCastro. They knew they were going to move on from Al Villanueva. Um, they let go of Matt Fowler, which I thought to a degree was a mistake. But then, you know, another team gave him a lot of money, and they weren't going to pay him that much. Um, but this line hasn't had a chance to work a lot together. I think you'll see them. Uh, I think you'll see them all together Saturday night uh, against the Lions, uh, barring some other setback here in the next day or, or two. Um, but it's a chance that some people worried, oh, well, they haven't played together. Coach, there's three and a half weeks till the regular season starts. they got plenty of time plenty to work time. together. How many days did you say after the last well, preseason 16, game? 16. 16 after the last so, preseason yeah. game. Right. And uh, it's interesting because, you know, you see it. We kind of make a big deal about that. I, once again, I'll go back to the college stuff. You know, you don't have that many practices before your first game. 
and you've got to be ready to go and put a line together and guys from you know different you know you know different backgrounds different this trying to communicate constantly so i i really look forward to uh i think this is going to be a really good offensive line um i, I really like the makeup of just watching them play the, the little bit that they've played so far and let's be realistic too um they're not going to go into game one and be perfectly fine and all on the same page. It'll be a process as well. It's going to, you know, they need to get in games. They need to play a little and, uh, and gel a little bit before they get some, uh, you know, before they get some cohesion where they're operating the way they want to. It's not just going to happen in that first game in Buffalo. It's going to take a little bit. Yeah, it's going to. I, I, I think, you know, you, I've watched Adrian Clem work with the young college lineman, how fast he's developed some of those guys. And, you know, you get him in as a, a young guy and you're like, wow, that looks pretty good already. So I, I, I've been around him and watched his coaching style, and I think that's a good thing. And, and uh, you know, the other thing with Matt Canada, you know, Matt's uh, been in college a long time. He's used to working with younger guys, getting them ready, have to get them ready. And now with the NFL experience, you know, I think that'll help him. Coach, when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more about Adrian Clem because you know him, you've worked with him, and, and how it was that he came to get that job and, and, and what he wants to do with his offensive line. Jerry Dulac and the coach Tom Bradley. We are at the North Shore Tavern right across the street from PNC Park. We're here until 8 p.m. It's our final training camp report show of the season. We'll be back with more right after this. You're listening to ESPN Pittsburgh. From Bradshaw and the Steel Curtain to Roethlisberger and Blitzburg, we are always talking black and gold on SNR. Back at the North Shore Tavern, uh, right across from PNC Park. It's Jerry Dulac and the coach, Tom Bradley, with you until 8 p.m. It is our final uh, training camp show of the season. We uh, started well when the Steelers first began at Heinz Field uh, three and a half weeks ago. And today is our final broadcast from our training camp report. So if you're in the, in the area, stop on by. Gee, it's been a miserable day with rain, coach, huh? Oh, boy, I had to drive back, and it was really bad up in the Laurel Mountains up in there. It was a little bit different than Pittsburgh. It was There was some bad weather going up I, there. I never thought the Steelers would practice outside, but they did. And Mike Tomlin said he wanted to take advantage of the elements. Now, they weren't that bad. Um, you know, the field was covered with the tarp, so it wasn't during the heavy rains in the morning and whenever it started. And once they took it off it, it wasn't it was heavy maybe for a couple minutes but it was basically just a light rain for the most part but you know football's played outside coach as you well know and he said you know they, there was no lightning and no thunder and it was nothing dangerous so he was actually thrilled to be able to get a practice in the rain well i think it's always a great idea when you have that opportunity to get that in because you're gonna have to play and that the weather is what it is you don't have a choice and so I think, you know, a lot of times it's always a, there's no lightning in the area and the footing isn't too slippery where you're going to might be get somebody right. hurt or a pool. Right. Right. And today's rain here in this area was very light, you know, uh, which gave them that opportunity. And there's a lot of reasons he wanted to, I'm sure, catching the ball, punting, catching punts, uh, holders, you know, a lot of kicking, a lot of things he wanted to get done today because he had that opportunity to, to do it. Um, Coach, you had a chance. You worked at UCLA. Uh, with Adrian Clem, you know, after the season, the Steelers made a change in their coordinator, let go of Randy Fittner, uh, promoted Matt Canada, let go of Sean Surrett, promoted his assistant, Adrian Clem. And a lot of people looked at it as like, well, you're just promoting and going to do the same old thing. That wasn't the case. Uh, the Steelers were looking outside as well, but they were impressed with what Adrian Clem said to them when they interviewed him. And that's why they gave him the job. 
And Tell I think, me a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's a great move. You know, Adrian uh, got to know him at UCLA and, and watched him work when I got there, and he was impressive right off the get-go. I think the thing about Adrian is uh, maybe the people in Pittsburgh don't know, he played at the University of Hawaii, second-round pick of the New England Patriots. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion, okay? Uh, he's, he's been around. He was at SMU. At UCLA, he was the run game coordinator. Uh, he was the associate head coach. Uh, really a, a great recruiter in the college ranks. And also, you know, it was interesting how he, you know, was able to gel those. You know, in college, the opportunities are you're dealing with a little different group of, of young men, you know, and he did a great – I was really impressed just watching him work and the way he went about his, uh, his trade. You know, Coach, you made this transition as well from, from college to the NFL. It's, it's different. You're going from sure is. You're yep. going from young kids who may not be able to do it but are willing to listen to the NFL where guys, all of them, basically can do it, might not always be willing to listen, especially with some of the stars. But just how difficult can that transition be? It's not easy. It's not easy, but I think for Adrian it may be easier than you think because he played as you Played for the Patriots, three-time Super Bowl champion. He's got a little, you know, little thing on his resume. Okay. Right, got yeah, he, he got a little rings. He can, and he can show it. And I think you know he's uh, he, he's very uh, highly motivated with his players. He does it. You know, like I said, uh, when I went to UCLA, just when I got there, it was only took me a couple of days to figure out. You know, that he was a heck of a good coach. And so, what you what you have been able to see in two preseason games. Where, uh, where, or what do you notice the biggest def- te- uh, a difference, maybe in terms of technique or maybe formations or things like that? Well, you haven't seen a lot of different formation things because it's early. They're not right. going to show right. any of that. You know, you've been at practice. You maybe you've seen some more things. Some, but um, it's interesting. I, I think just the hand in the ground taking off, and I think the finishing. By that I mean they're going to the whistle and a little bit more. <laughs> you know, like, he's emphasizing. You can see it. You can see a little bit. I've noticed what I think is they're starting to develop a, a little nasty attitude uh, by their play. Uh, they're taking pride in, in that. I think one of the things that came up just, you know, you, where you were in the league last year, no one wants to be in that situation in the run game. Hey, there was a challenge put out there, I'm sure, by Coach Tomlin and, and Mr. Rooney and the whole Steel organization, Kevin Colbert. Hey, we're going to run the football. Uh, said it to you before we were talking, greatest defense ever is when you're running the football <laughs> You know, when your guys are resting on the side, drinking some water and watching them go down the field, uh, I think last year the, the defense we had, if we maybe could have run the ball a little better, Absolutely. I think it would it could have helped them. Plus, the less chance of your guys being injured because they're not on the field as much. Yeah, and, and you know, um, when you rank 29th year before and then you rank 32nd, um, the other team knows you don't run the ball very well. Your quarterback knows we don't run the ball very well. And so, even though you're leading the vast majority of the time last year, Ben's throwing it 38 to 45 times. I don't think he wanted to do that. People think, oh, that's what he wants to do. Do you think, Ben, you think he'll, he'll get under center? Or do he just go to shotgun and throw, throw, throw? No, he won't. And if you have the running back to be able to give the ball to and in the second half take the air out of the ball, as they say, it has an entirely different meaning in New England, I know. But uh, if you can do that in the second half, 
then, as you said, you're not only controlling the clock, you're keeping your defense on, on the sideline, giving them a rest. And, and, and that's one of the great things. You know, sometimes people say, boy, you played great defense. And I started laughing. I said, we're, we're only in the field for 45 plays. Right. Because the offense was, we only gave up 250 yards. Yeah, but it was like five yards per play. But we were only in for so many plays. Uh, so a lot of times your offense, you know, as you, as you work together with your offense and your kicking game and long fields and all those different things, they all play together if you're going to be a championship football team. Um, I, I think the other thing is obviously is, you know, uh, the, when you can run the ball, now that causes the defense a little bit of problem. And, and it actually will help Ben more because how many guys are going to come into the box now? Okay, so that's another thing that made make his life even. Last year, obviously, they didn't think we were going to run it a whole lot. They emphasized on the pass. They sat on the pass. They we said, saw that later. go ahead, yeah. we'll let you run it if right. you're going to run it. They said, now, if you get the mixture of both, it causes real headaches for them. Well, Coach, you know, with their old offensive line and the three pro bowlers they had, you know, a lot of drop step, a lot of set up the wall to protect Ben, their $100 million quarterback. I get it. Uh, he's their star. He's their best player, and you're going to protect him. And you have a, a whole lot of money invested in him. So now the concern, okay, well, they're going to run the ball, so now the concern is, well, can this line protect Ben? Well, one, we're going to find that out, but two, Having a running game also helps that, too, because now they're just not, uh, quote, pinning their ears back and coming at you if they're worried that, you know, this team can run the ball. with. This yeah, now there. they're going to have to play a little bit different techniques. They're going to have to squeeze. They're just not getting in that three-point stance and taking off and saying, okay, go ahead, run it, because you're not going to. Now they got to be they got to be ready for that run. And I, uh, lucky enough, and uh, I, I got to see Najee way back in high school, and it wasn't hard to evaluate him. Even he, then. Even then, you could see. I mean, he Where did he go to school, high school? He was up in Oxnard up in California, and he was, you know, Alabama got on, into him really early. And, but it wasn't a hard evaluation. When you saw him on film, you're like, okay, he's one of those guys you maybe watched a quarter and you go, okay, you know. And you could see back then he was going to be a first-round pick. Uh, you know, I've talked to some of my friends down at Alabama. I said, tell me something about him for the Pittsburgh people that might ask a question. And the, and the best thing was they said, he's always going forward. Right. Right. And I think, you know, he he's always trying to – he's not a dancer. He's not – he knows when not to be fancy, and he knows how to get to where it is, and he knows to get the shoulders down, and he stays square a lot, and he gets moving forward. Yeah, and we've seen that in a couple of preseason games. Granted, you know, he had seven carries in the first one. It was actually more than I thought he would get. He had only two last week. He actually had four, but two of those runs, which were good runs, negated by holding penalties on the first two series. So he's only touched it nine times. But one thing you do notice, and Mike Tomlin referenced this right away after the first game, you see him, same deal, Coach. You see him going forward. You see the pile moving forward. Okay, maybe not five, six yards after contact, but there's another two yards, three yards after this guy gets hit. And, and I think that's you – know, people say, oh, you're, oh, two, three. That's huge because – now, if it's, you know, second and five instead of second and eight or nine, it's a big difference in the play coin. Now you hold the – it's like you, you've, got the, you've got the thing in your hands right now how you can mess with the defense a little bit, okay? The other thing about him that I think is very, very impressive is he can be a receiver too. And let's not underestimate that when you have a guy that can be as the runner that he is and also be able to catch the ball and do the things that he does which gives you now the opportunity if you want to put them out and run routes and do things, you have that opportunity out of your package. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why they believe this guy's a, a true third down back because of his ability 
to catch the ball. And, and of course, they want to also see, um, you know, can he pass protect? Now, you don't draft Najee Harris based on his pass protection. But what they've at least seen is his willingness to do it. But I would, and I would think if you played for Coach Saban, I guarantee you know how to pass protect. Okay. I think I think Coach Saban would make sure that you were a pass protector too. Um, you know, you said you saw right away when he's in high school. You just had to see a couple series. All Now, I, I saw him on, on college, obviously. But even when you see him in shorts, the guy stands out. Like at OTAs, you know, that guy's a stud. And he is. He's, he's going to be a big-time player. I've already made the prediction. He will be the offensive rookie of the year, and he might lead the league in attempts and yards if he stays away from injury because, you know, Mike Tallman's going to run him till the cows come home. And um, they'll rely on this guy. And in a division that has two running teams, I think he'll he'll be the top running back. In it the it, it sure. wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just you know, having you know, it's, it's it's sometimes it's interesting because you have seen these guys when they're younger, uh, and you're not just looking at them coming out of college and you and you remember them. And, and, you know, they they, um, they usually pretty much hold true to form. If they're big time coming out of high school, they're usually big time coming out of college. Jerry Dulac and Tom Bradley, we're at the North Shore Tavern uh, just across the street from PNC Park. It's our final training camp report show of the summer. We're going to take a break. We, we're going to be here until 8 p.m., so we've got a whole lot more to cover. Stop in if you're in the neighborhood. You're listening to ESPN Pittsburgh. From Bradshaw and the Steel Curtain to Roethlisberger and Blitzburg, we are always talking black and gold on SNR. Good Lord, Coach. It's the middle of August. They played only two preseason games in the Wheeling and National Heat over the offensive line. You know, if they haven't worked together, can they pass protect? Um, but I get I get some of the concern of questions. Not concern. There shouldn't be concern yet. Just questions. Because you got a rookie center try, who played guard in college. Uh, trying to replace Marquise Ponce, not that whoever replace him. Uh, you now have lost David DeCastro, another five-time Pro Bowler, which they weren't counting on. Neither was he, but his um, his uh, ankle just never got better. He's going to need a third surgery, and it was no guarantee that he was going to be able to play football again. So they had a mutual agreement. They parted ways with David DeCastro. He's one of my all-time favorites. And now you have Zach Banner, who played only started all of three quarters last year in the opener, and then he injures his ACL, tears his ACL, and he's out for the year. So, you know, you have some question marks there because now you have to sign Trey Turner, former pro bowler but not the same player, already playing with a brace on his knee. So there's questions about how long he can last, and, you know, he's probably just a one-year stopgap. He's not David DeCastro. So I get some of those questions. And it's something that they're going to, you know, obviously they're going to have to monitor because you really don't know about Zach Banner in NFL games on a consistent basis because you only saw him for three quarters last year. Yeah, it's interesting you bring him up, but I'm a big fan of Zach. I saw him in college too. You know, he's a USC graduate. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Zach's th- a thought good he was a heck boy. of a player, and he's a really good person. Yep. He's a, he's a great guy in the locker room, and uh, he's a good leader. And I, one of the things I've always admired about Zach just being around him, he, he wants to be really good. Yeah. And that's a good place to start. Yeah, his commitment to losing the weight and reshaping his body. I mean, he's still a big man. Yeah. Oh, he's to, a, he is a, he's a big person. Yes, he, he is. is. But to get to the point where he would even 
one, contend for the starting job, and two, win it over a younger guy that they drafted speaks volumes of his commitment to what he wanted to do, and God bless him, he did. Yeah, you know, you could just see uh, – that's why I'm kind of I'm, – I'm not down on this line. I'm kind of up on this line a little bit. Like, And I know I was reading somewhere. I don't know the exact stats. I don't think it's like the third time in the league that five new guys have had to – come oh, together it's probably there, true there's only like uh there were i think there was a, a team in 214 and one in 217 but it hasn't been done very often these are all five new guys trying to gel them together and i i really think that it's going to be a strong suit of this football team I'm, I'm looking forward to watching them play yeah and i think changing their scheme changing their technique and being able to run the ball is i, I mean is going to be obviously it's going to be the key but it's going to be interesting to watch and i'm, I'm with you are these people who are worried about the offensive line? Yeah, but the converse of that is maybe it'll be even better because they'll, they'll run the ball better. Right? You know, and again, it goes back to scheme and technique. You know, this the other line was built a different way. But you There know, you have it. They were built a different way for a different style of offense. Right. This is going to be more of a running game. You drafted Najee Harris. And no, there's no question he's a, a, a top talent. Uh, he's going to get the ball. You know, but if we talk about Najee, we've got a, they got a fullback, Derek Watt. You know, he's going to be able to do some – they'll probably put him in there a little bit and right. give you some of that two-back stuff. So, and the interesting thing is now when you start to run the ball, now your wideouts, they don't see – they got different coverages going on out there because now they're getting more one-on-one stuff. If you have to commit more people to the box, now these guys have more opportunity to do some things on the outside. I thought one of the things that was lacking last year uh, with the offense late in the year when the defenses were picking up on what the Steelers were going to do – with Ben and couldn't run the ball was I thought they needed to be more creative. I mean, you just have to be in the NFL coach. And I think they, this offense with Matt Canada certainly offers that. Now it's only his second year in the NFL one year in last year as a quarterback coach, he makes his debut as an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Yeah. did it in college and we're going to see a lot of that, but it's new for him too. So there's a lot of question marks. But I think they are. I think they are moves that offer a lot of hope and optimism and and curiosity, if not potential excitement. Um, you know, getting being obviously spent most of my time in college. Matt Canada's name in college is like gold. He's got a reputation as being a heck of an offensive coordinator. You know, he's Showed one that of those a guys a great respect that people have for Matt Canada and the uh, the type of uh, coordinator he's been. Uh, you know, his name it would constantly come up when they were talking about the great offensive coordinators in, in college football. Coach, you have believed for a while that the RPOs and everything that you saw in college football have a place in the NFL. And and yet you see teams catching on even more so. But you've been on that bandwagon for a while, and, and you're seeing more and more of it now, even with this team in the league. It's interesting. It's really the, what problems uh, does it create? Well, you're really not getting the true RPO because not very often right. does the quarterback right. keep it. I got you, you. Know? right. And if he does, there's a lot of people holding their breath, like, "What is he doing?" There's only, there's only a couple who do it. There's yeah. only a couple that will really do it, and they, and it's in your it's in your arsenal, which makes it hard. It, it, the problem is, it keeps everybody disciplined. It keeps them on their toes. How you're going to squeeze? How you're going to play the perimeter? How your guys on the edge? Are going to do things, you know, and it, it just creates a lot of linebackers have to be more disciplined now with all the RPO football. 
uh, you know, your secondary guys, your run fitters. There's a lot of different things going on. It's just a, it's another, it's another thing. But like all footballs, football cyclical. It goes and keeps going around and around, and then all of a sudden, someone's going to come back and line up in the power game and start doing that again. And uh, but I think this is going to be an exciting year for, um, for the Steelers on offense. I, I really like what they're doing. I, I think they've got the players to be to to play now where you can. You can maybe help your defense if they're getting tired. We could let's go run the ball a little bit to give these guys a little breather over there. You know the whole RPO thing and what you said about it's not true RPO. It kind of reminds me of that scene in Crocodile Dundee where the guy pulls the knife on uh, what's his name uh, Dundee and he goes and he says that's not a knife and he pulls out he goes no that's a knife. <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, you know the RPOs in the NFL they're they're not the same. Let's face it, you know, and so. You don't have that that same type of threat, but we you do see it a little bit more. But we know it's kind of a bit of a hybrid, bastardized version of a RPO, if you will. <laughs> it is it is different. So it's it's very different, you know. And even in uh, you know, as, as uh, in college, I think it's changing a little bit. They always have the guy that will keep it more often than not. Sometimes, you know, I don't think anybody thought Ben was when he was back to faking out. They didn't think he was going to keep it and run it around the end, you know. Well, you never know. Maybe it's coming. To your point about the offense, Coach, um, I believe they're better on offense uh, because they can run the ball better. I don't even have to see a game to know they'll run the ball better because they've changed everything about it. You know, the coaching, the scheme, the technique, and the personnel, most important. Um, let's face it, James Conner, when he was drafted, was viewed by all NFL people as a nice backup running back. Steelers actually drafted him a little higher than most people thought that they would. And then, of course, when he replaces Le'Veon Bell the first year, he was terrific. Made the Pro Bowl. It was very good. But James Conner is not the same type of back as Najee Harris. So now you bring in a guy like that. You have all your receivers back. You did not lose Juju Smith-Schuster, which you thought you would. There was some question whether Ben Roethlisberger would be back. And now you've added a second pass-catching tight end in Pat Fryermuth, their second-round uh, draft pick. So to me, automatically, I think their offense is, is better. Well, anytime you start, if not much better, anytime you can start off with a Hall of Fame quarterback under center, that's a good place to start. Okay, and kind of go from there. Uh, talk to some of the people up at Penn State about Pat. Uh, understand great work ethic. Have heard great things about him. Guy after practice uh, on the jugs all the time. I don't know if he's probably still doing down with the Steelers. But uh, one of the ran into one of the managers not too long ago. He said he was always shooting the judge machine all day, you know, spending time on that. He takes great pride. Uh, another guy actually saw him in high school. He stood out. He's a Massachusetts guy, and, and he stood out back then. But he's, uh, he, I think he's a heck of a talent at tight end. I think that uh, he's going to be a really fine tight end in the NFL. It's not a blocking tight end. He's not Mark Bruner. He's not Vance McDonald. Uh, doesn't mean he can't get better, but they know what they got with him. They didn't bring him in to be a blocker, but he is a blocker, better than than 85 Eric Ebron. And so that is another person who gives him a little flexibility in that that kind of addresses the running game. You know, a guy on the front line who's an in-line guy who can block, but two, the option of catching the ball. And, Coach, I haven't seen him, I haven't seen him drop a ball yet. Not one in practice the entire time. He hasn't in the game. And Matt Candler was saying yesterday about him, to your point, about a hard worker. He says he has a high football intellect. Um, and and he's, he's a guy who watches, studies his mistakes on film, 
and tries to learn from him. He's not out there just doing whatever he wants. He's, he's committed to getting better is what he's saying. Well, that's the word I got on him from, you know, when the, when the managers on the team tell you that, when you see one of them, he says, oh, they're going to love him in Pittsburgh because he's a great worker. Uh, he would be one of those guys that was always, hey, can you take the jugs? Can you set it up? Can we get some more catches in? He was one of those kind of guys. Yeah, our friend Steve Jones uh, had said that he never dropped a pass in the red zone. And I asked Pat about that uh, right after he came. And he, and he, he, he confirmed it. He says, that's right, I've never dropped a pass in the red zone. And we know some of the problems the Steelers had with drop passes last year, including from their starting tight end, Eric Ebron. So hopefully he'll help rectify that. Well, I, I think he's going to have a great career here with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and I – People have been talking about his blocking, but I think he'll grow into that. As you know, that that happens, and a lot of times it's one of those things. As they get older, they they figure a little bit more of it out. And we saw him get knocked over in the first series last week. I mean, he just got knocked to the ground, and when he's getting knocked to the ground, he pulled the guy's jersey, yanked him with him. And he got called for holding, and it negated a nice run by Najee Harris. But then, as I mentioned to you, coach, I saw him later on in the quarter, or whatever. <laughs> pancake one of the outside linebackers you know all somewhat after the whistle but it goes to his commitment to try and be a better blocker but i got a funny feeling i don't think there's many players that have played this game who haven't been knocked to the ground yeah, exactly as long right. as you get back up okay exactly that's right. all that matters so yeah. you know if he gets knocked down no big deal it happens it's happened to the greatest players of all time they've he's all a, got it. he's a rookie yes he's a rookie he's gonna be he's gonna learn and he's gonna develop and probably by next year he'll probably be their number one tight end because i don't know that they'll bring eric ebron back for another year that's going to do it for hour one coach and i are at the uh, north shore tavern uh, across from pnc park we're here until 8 p.m so if you're in the neighborhood stop on by it's our final training camp show of the preseason i'm jerry dulek that's the coach tom bradley we'll take a break we'll come back with uh, another hour of good steel talk right after this you're listening to espn pittsburgh when you want black and gold football talk you want snr